outside And I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie Cause our minds not enlightened They mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action But look Welcome back to the Savant Podcast. Here at the Savant Podcast, we fulfill your pop culture needs every week, including artist interviews, sports talk, streaming talk, album and song reviews, and video games. And today, we'll be talking uh, some NBA once again on the podcast. We're going to be doing a kind of off-season breakdown, kind of highlight the NBA finals and playoffs that ended uh, in June, but we're also going to talk about draft, free agency, uh, some news, and also at the end, we'll talk about the new NBA Cup. But we have VZ back on the platform once again. Uh, how are you doing, man? It's been a minute, but uh, glad to have you back on the platform. Appreciate it, guys. Cool. I'm straight. I'm straight chilling. You already know. Uh, I know we've been trying to get uh, get this shit sorted out for the last week or two weeks, but I'm glad uh, we were able to figure something out. So yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, issue, how you been, man? And, uh, yeah, are you looking forward to talking NBA once again with VZ? I've been watching a bunch of Summer League, so I'm excited to talk NBA. It was good to have the boys back for uh, another NBA installment. Um, I'm just really excited to dive in what we got listed up here today because it's been a minute since we talked NBA, so we just have so much to unpack, and yeah. All right, but let's get right into it. So we're going to start with uh, NBA Finals and a little bit of a playoff uh, background breakdown, I should say. Mostly just talk about the finals as, uh, yeah, the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets uh, played in the 2023 NBA Finals. Denver uh, swept the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals to get to the finals, while uh, Miami beat the Celtics in seven games. Uh, but the Celtics came back from a 3 nothing, uh series lead for Miami. And uh, up until that point, uh, teams were 0-151 uh, when a team is up 3-0 in the NBA playoffs. So yeah, they weren't able to do it, but nonetheless, it was an exciting series. That Game 7 was a good game to watch, uh, but Miami was the 8th seed in the East, uh, while the Nuggets were first in the West, uh, so Miami is the second 8th seed to make it to the NBA Finals after the Knicks made it in 1999, when the Spurs beat them 4-1, to and the Nuggets pretty much you know did the same uh, as the Spurs did to the Heat, or the Spurs did to the Knicks uh, back in 99, as they beat the Heat in five games with Jokic, uh, Nikola Jokic winning the finals MVP. But besides like game three and four, every game was like relatively close. But the difference was definitely Denver's size and depth. And, you know, Jokic and Murray being practically the best duo on the on the planet at the moment. And Jimmy Butler definitely didn't look like he had throughout the playoffs. Definitely was dealing with some injuries. You know, he was dropping essentially 28, you know, per game in the playoffs and then, you know, dropped to, you know, 20 points per game in the finals. But uh, Dan or Bam, I should say, Adebayo, he definitely stepped up big uh, for the Heat, averaging 21 points per game in the series, you know, just ahead of Jimmy Butler. But uh, but yeah, nonetheless, like, yeah, definitely, you know, guys like Gabe Vincent, 
Kyle Lowry, you know, they came up to play, but the size that the Nuggets possess with, you know, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jeff Green, and then, you know, that deep bench that they had, although it was close in each game, it was kind of writing on the wall, you know, when was uh, Nuggets going to win this. But uh, congrats to the Nuggets, their first NBA championship. Uh, the owner of the team, uh, Stan Karecki, he also owns the LA Rams, Colorado Avalanche in the NHL. Arsenal FC and the Colorado Mammoth and besides Arsenal all have won the big prize in their respective sports leagues in the last few years uh, and he also owns a esports team that won a championship recently but issue and VZ I'm gonna pass it off to you guys so VZ I'm gonna go to you first what was your thoughts on the Nuggets beating the Heat in five games in this year's finals and then just give your thoughts on the playoffs overall this year yeah no I'll start off with the finals actually it was good it was good to see Obviously, Jokic, like he's he's fought so hard to get to where he's at right now, and he's my age. He's literally twenty eight years old, and what's stopping him from becoming one of the best centers of all time, right? So it was remarkable to watch. Like I felt like the shift when I saw the finals, they relied Jokic, they like Jokic switched this shit up a bit instead of being like the playmaker, dynamic playmaker he is. They switched it up a bit, more of him becoming a scorer. It was great what I saw by Jokic. Like, it was just different. Like, obviously, we've seen him in the Western Conference Finals back, I believe this was back in the bubble as well. So we have already, I've seen him evolve as a player over the last couple of years. So I'm glad he finally got his chip. Who I'm impressed with mostly is Bam. Stepped up huge. Like, 100%. Like, he was... It was unbelievable. He was great. I just wish he works on his three-point shot. That's just me. Gabe Vincent, you know, it's going to be a tough loss. We'll talk about that later because now he's with the Lakers. But Miami, they did what they had to do. But the person I am actually impressed with is Jamal Murray. After all, he actually did. He developed, like, his playmaking skills. Like, he was averaging, I think, at least, if I were to pull up a stat, I would say almost 10 assists during that finals run. And him evolving as a playmaker, that's number one. But overall, I'm glad, uh, I forget the coach's name. Oh, my gosh. Mike Malone. Mike Malone. I'm glad he got his ring because I still, to this day, pissed off that Sacramento fired him. Because before, obviously, Mike Brown took over, he was their most successful coach when Boogie was there. So, no, I'm glad Malone got his ring. You know, Jeff Green, like, throughout, as a Celtics fan, like, I've watched him grow as a player, you know, missing a season because um, of a heart issue and obviously transitioning into a role he is now. Jamal Murray, Canadian, you know. So, yeah, no, Miami, I I have a feeling Miami, they got to revamp that roster. I'm not going to lie to you, which we'll talk about as well. But, yeah, that's with the finals. Overall in the playoffs... It was interesting playoffs. It was really interesting in general, guys, because I'm going to start with the obvious one, KD, Phoenix Suns, right? Everybody was picking them as soon as KD got to the Suns. Everybody was picking them to win it all. I don't know, but I didn't think about that. I thought they were going to win 100%. But when they played against the Clippers, no PG, no Kawhi. They beat the Clippers in five games, and there, there was a team with KD, Book, and CP, and Aiton. They should have like at least almost swept or killed them by like double-digit points. 
I knew the Suns were not going to go anywhere when they were like losing by winning like three points, four points. You know what I mean? They were they lost by close games if I can remember. Um, and then obviously got they got their asses torched after. But overall, it was a really strange playoff. Like Curry and the boys, they didn't make it past the second round. You know, Braun getting swept in the Western Conference Finals. And then Memphis. That Memphis and Lakers dynamic, it was... I don't know what the hell I was watching. I was like, what, like, why are these guys talking all that shit when they ain't got shit? Like, yo, okay, you got a better standing, but what the fuck is you got? You know what I'm saying? Sure, you got a great coach. Sure, you got an all-star. Two, I would say, should have been one all-star in John Morant, but you have a great defensive player in Jaron Jackson, but you don't have anybody on that team that has a resume of AD or LeBron. So what y'all talking shit for? But overall, the great, exciting playoffs. I just wish it would have been a little bit better in terms of having key players healthy. You know what I mean? Um, one last final, and that was the Celtics and Miami series. As a Celtics fan, I was shocked that we came back. I don't know what the fuck happened, but wow, I was really, really amped up that we like came down 0-3. Like, that was crazy to see. And... I'm going to put this to rest here. I don't want to hear any trade. I don't want any more trading rumors about Jalen Brown and Tatum because you drafted those players. You break them apart. It's if you trade Jalen for like somebody that's caliber of his, like an all-star. Bro, I ain't going to lie to you. They complement each other so well. They just need to adjust pieces around them. So, you know, it is what it is. But I have a feeling Celtics are going to bounce back for next year, improved roster, which we'll get into it as well. I think Miami right now, if they don't land Damian Lillard or another all-star, they will not reach the finals because I'm not going to lie to you. That team is getting old. Jimmy's turning 33-34 next year. And as you can tell, like you said, Noah, he was crippling through the finals. So it's going to be interesting uh, what the offseason brings to us. And I'm excited to see what the playoffs next year will look like for uh, all the rosters, new homes of all-stars and superstars, and all the um, upcoming roster moves. All right, and what about you, Taj? What are your thoughts on the finals, the Heat and Nuggets, and then overall, uh, the playoffs? Yes, the playoffs as a whole was definitely a, a bunch of surprises. Lots of sleeper teams. I noticed the, the Knicks took out my Cavs and was it the first round, so that was tough to watch. Like VZ said, the Lakers and Grizzlies series was, was interesting as well and crazy to watch throughout that. But as far as the Nuggets and the Heat series, man, it was very competitive between two competitive teams, and I think... Like, just on the Nuggets' behalf, it's like that whole organization is a true testament to how to build, like, and develop your players. And that's, like, top-notch the way they got, you know, Jokic to where he is today. And I've seen the numbers he was putting up throughout the finals. It's like video game numbers, like like a game of 2K and just seeing him get double-doubles. And Jamal Murray, man, he, he surprised me, you know, and to come off from an injury, like, and to come back and get back into it with Jokic. I, I like um what I've seen from Aaron Gordon as well. Shout out to Michael Porter Jr., man. Like, just thinking back to when he got drafted, how many teams didn't pick him and for him to win a championship, that's, like, crazy. So throughout the whole, you know, Nuggets and Heat series, it was um it was exciting to see, and I'm happy to see. I'm happy what I saw from Bam Adebayo as well in, in the Miami Heat. And, man, if they could get Dame or something like that, maybe we could see them in the, the finals this year. But... I guess we'll have to see how that goes, but like pretty much congrats to the Nuggets. And similar to what VZ said, I think the Celtics, man, if they could make pieces 
and put them around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I think that team would be um, much better. They need one more piece. But those two, I feel like they work well together as well. And I feel like breaking them up will kind of derail that whole team. Yeah, those are kind of my thought, uh, little mini thoughts on the playoffs and the NBA Finals. Yeah, just to highlight on some of those things guys were talking about, um, you know, we'll get to free agency, you know, with Celtics, you know, bringing or not even free agency, uh, bringing in uh, Perzingis uh, via trade, you know, healthy Perzingis. And, and yes, he did play, I think, 65 games or whatever, which is the most he's played in his career, which is not really saying much. But a healthy Perzingis in the playoffs, that that could be very, very dangerous. And yeah, another uh, probably fave moment of the playoffs was probably in the first round, Bucks versus Heat. Um, I can't remember which game it was, but it was, you know, one of those games where the Heat just came back in the fourth quarter. And Jimmy was just going at Chris Middleton, like screaming in his face, like, I own you. I already had respect for Jimmy Butler, but throughout this year, you know, definitely, yeah, his numbers definitely did drop off. So people were definitely forgetting about him. But the way he showed up in that series and, and throughout the whole first three rounds in general, including the plan, of course, although they, they didn't show up against Atlanta. But uh, yeah, so and yeah, he's getting 33, 34. So they're definitely gonna have to make the move for Dame. If not, yeah, I, I agree with VZ. I think that's their last shot. There's just no way they can. And yes, we say this at it's Eric Spolstra's, you know, system in terms of like undervalued, undrafted players overachieving. Gabe Vincent's gone now. They still have, you know, some some pieces on the bench. But you know, they're gonna trade a lot of those in that trade for Dame among all their first round picks it looks like essentially for the for the next five to seven years it looks like and then a bunch of pick swaps and whatnot we'll get to that though because i do want to talk about a potential trade that they were offered and pat riley was laughing at they might soon be seen to regret that i think three four years down the line but we'll get to that so moving on to the nba draft so the lottery went down on may 16th and uh just gonna highlight the top five picks here so San Antonio winning the first pick. You got Charlotte at second. Third went to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, fourth, Houston Rockets. And then fifth, the Detroit Pistons. But this will be the Spurs' seventh lottery pick in the last 35 years. Uh, so that's all the picks in the top 14. And they have picked, actually, the lottery in the last four seasons. Uh, so before that, it was essentially only three lottery picks in the last 31 years which is just insane crazy uh the dominance from that franchise but it will not be the first time that they are selecting a franchise altering player at number one as in 1987 they drafted david robinson first overall moving up three spots in that draft and then drafted tim duncan first overall 10 years later in 97 um moving up from third um as well um, I should say David Robbins, they moved from fourth to first. So they're getting all this luck, you know, in the lottery with these big men. And, you know, both Robinson and Duncan are Hall of Famers and were both named to the NBA's top 50 and 75 teams. But now they're getting a chance to select another generational prospect in Victor Wembenyana, who is a seven foot two uh, center and is currently playing uh, in France. Les Bleus. Was playing in France for the Metropolitans 92. He's reportedly the best-rated prospect since uh, LeBron and many insiders and former league players have said that if LeBron and him were in the same draft, Wembenyana would go first. And we we definitely wrote this before Wembenyana, you know, played his for game and looked, you know, not the greatest versus Charlotte. You know, they did have a lot of big big guys on him, 
and he did bounce back the next game. But nonetheless, and I should say, like, a lot of the stars have struggled, you know, in their first game um, in the Summer League. Not necessarily LeBron, but I think the most recent example was, like, Trey Young. Mm -hmm. Like, shot, like, 2 of 14 or something like that in his first game. But I will say that those insiders and ex-NBA players, Richard Jefferson, who said that Wembenyato would go first, that's just that's just insane, man. And they're talking about, I see all this execs are like, oh, I wonder how he's going to deal with, you know, all the publicity. It's the most a star. Like, don't you remember Braun at like 14, 15? He was on ESPN. Yeah. At like 14, 15. He had the chosen one, Sports Illustrated magazine, and like, he took the number of Jordan and like yeah. came in wanting that smoke and they gave it to him and they've been giving it to him. You know, even his ESPYs, um, you know, speech, you know, I saw an issue you highlighted on that, that, you know, people were shitting on him for his speech. It's like, yo, like you, y'all like are, I don't know. And honestly, like all artists, all athletes, you're always going to have haters that are just like bottom of the barrel mm -hmm. human beings, if I'm being quietly honest. But uh, yeah, I, I do think Wembenyana is going to be successful they get a good team around him he's in pop system he's probably in the best place he could have been drafted like i agree by far definitely have a proven track record for big men yeah we'll see what happens a lot of my friends have been very high on Wimbiana for like over a year now maybe even a year and a half like the physicality is not and i keep hearing these things like the european league's more physical like y'all need to stop man like this is it's not sure maybe they don't call as much fouls but i'm talking about Physical strength, athleticism, speed, like, coming at you. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, if they call a foul or not, you still have to take it. And Victor hasn't dealt with that. And we'll see what happens. Because the same way when Lonzo Ball came into the league, and I think it was, like, that first game when oh Pat Bev was, God. like, in his face. And I, I literally just, like, I picture that happening, like, first few games. Like, he just gets bodied by someone. I don't think so, though, because his, he didn't have, like, LeVar Ball talking all that shit. Because LeVar Ball made... Like, everybody hate Lonzo, right? Oh, yes, for sure. And I'm not saying players will, like, hate him. But, I mean, like, they want the competitive edge. And they, yeah, like, I mean, he's only said he wants to dunk on LeBron. Like, and a lot of these players, you know, the, the disrespect. You know, maybe we'll get into that, their basketball knowledge. Mm -hmm. I mean, I swear half of these players think PG is, like, the best basketball player ever. No. Like, I, I've seen. Who said this? Was it Scotty Henderson? Well, Brandon Miller, he was, like, yeah, he's the one that I saw as, like, the highlight. And that is like typical Braun hater. Yeah. And I know, like, VZ, I know you were a PG fan. I'm not calling you a LeBron hater. Yeah. But I know a lot of people that were just so obsessed with LeBron's opposition that they would just take any excuse to say that he was better than LeBron or, you know, so and so. Like, that, that's just a common theme. Even like, you know, Kobe fans, for example. Yeah. Um, love Kobe, like, rest in peace. But, um, you know, they're, they're just not, they're just not the same player. They play different. I mean, you know, different. Different ways, but uh, let's get into some of the highlights for the picks. Um, so obviously, Victor went number one. Two, the Hornets drafted Brandon Miller, and on the day of the draft, I remember seeing a bunch like Scoot could go second, mm -hmm. but essentially, like a month into it, they were essentially going Brandon Miller because you know Lamelo Ball. He's gonna do good, man. Yeah, like I think he definitely has the potential to be like a Brandon Ingram. You know, Brandon Ingram struggled his first league or, you know, first season in the league, first few. Yeah. And then obviously found his calling leaving LeBron as as many players who play with him do. Yeah, the way the way Scoot looked in that one half, and I know it was one half, I mean the Hornets gotta be kicking themselves. And I get it. Like you can't really 
Like Scoot needs the ball. Like he needs to be the point guard. Yeah. Lamelo needs to be the point guard. Like that's where their you know skill sets are at. They won't coexist. Yeah. But Scoot also been he's been training with Curry for months. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of that footage, and I think that is the most genius thing he could ever do. Because one thing that's underrated about Curry is like his ball handling. You know the the tempo switches that he does when bringing up the ball mm-hmm. and. And obviously, I, I've seen him working on like some of his floaters and you know layup combos. I'm not saying Curry is Kyrie, but like you know he's a champion. He's an MVP. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to learn from him? Yeah. And and the shooting aspect alone to get shooting tips. Like I mean, any player could could need that. But I think I think we could be looking at a potential where years down the line, Scoot might be better than Victor in terms of like. I don't mean like in terms of like making his team offensively. Yeah, offensively. Yeah, I agree. Not defensively, obviously. Who knows? Maybe steals like he might become like, you never know. Like I remember there was when he was going against Amen Thompson, Mm -hmm. who was the fourth pick. You know, he looked they they had like a close up. He looked fired up to be, you know, guarding Amen and uh, Mm -hmm. a former, you know, G League uh, counterpart, I guess you could say. So I could see him certainly developing it. I think, yeah, by far he's going to be a better defender than Dame. Yeah. Um, just with like the, the size alone. So, yeah, we'll talk about that Blazers team a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see for sure I think the Hornets will regret not drafting Scoot, I think, down the line. Because if it doesn't work out in the next few years, Lamelo's going to leave. Like, yeah, we'll get to his extension. But if they don't win a playoff series, like, he's going to leave. Like, they have to win at least one playoff series. Maybe if they even win one, he might still leave. You know, he seems like definitely the type to want to go chase. Not the bag. He's got the bag. Yeah. But in terms of, like, a bigger market, I think could definitely. Because, yeah, who knows? If they get another piece, if Brandon Miller's that piece and they make it, like, say, conference final in the next few years, I could for sure see him staying. But I think it's a pretty hard to predict that they're going to make, like, second round conference finals with just all these players have been drafted and then, you know, the East alone, yeah, you know, as it is right now. But um, after Amen Thompson, so his twin brother, Azar Thompson, got drafted the Pistons. Yeah, essentially Azar was always behind his brother, Amen, throughout like the mock drafts. But I'm definitely impressed with, and obviously the defense of Amen has been up there, but, you know, the defense of mm-hmm. um, Azar has been off the charts. Like, I really like him and Cade and... I'm curious to see, like, him, Cade, and Jaden I. Those are three, like, essentially guards. You know, I could even see Cade, like, moving to small forward. Yeah, I could see that, too. And then, you know, them switching it up here and there, possession by possession. Because those Thompson brothers, like, they, they got ball handled. I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, you know, they're both the starting point guards uh, for their team. Because, yeah, Jalen Green, I, I imagine he's going to want to go more shooting guard. I'm not sure what they're doing with Kevin Porter Jr., I I have no idea what that lineup is even going to be. Like, that lineup makes no sense. But yeah, Issue, what are your thoughts on the Thompson twin? Kind of talk about, like, a man first, him being good to the Rockets, them having so many guards in that lineup and just giving all this money to all these guards. Like, we'll get to the Fred Van Fleet contract, so crazy one. But yeah, Issue, you've been talking about the twins a lot on Twitter. Just give your uh, overall thoughts on them so far in Summer League and then the Rockets and Pistons drafting them. The Rockets and Pistons definitely lucked out with these two. And Amen is probably my favorite rookie. I like Scoot as well. I like the whole top five rookies, man. They all got something different to bring to the table. But the Thompson twins in general, man, I just feel like they really keep the tempo of the offense going. Like they could really be that 
lead player to really take the spotlight off of other players on their teams. I like the finishing that I see from them. Amen seems like he's more offensive based. I saw maybe more um on the defensive side from what I've seen. But like I like what I've seen from both. And I think the overtime elite league is producing some crazy talent because those two are, are something special. And I know we only got to see one game from Amen, but 16 points I believe he had, decent amount of assists. Him and Scoot was going at it the whole game. And I like what I've seen from Scoot as well. He's going to be getting a lot of buckets. But like, yeah, the Thompson Twins, man, I've been tweeting ab- uh, about them a lot because I really like what I've seen. And Asar really stepped up in each game that he played in Summer League that I've watched. Like each, each game, he essentially just gets better. More assists, more. I, I believe the uh, recent game he had about like 18 points or some, or maybe 18 rebounds or something like that. It was a crazy game, but um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what those two do. And I think the overtime elite league is producing some some crazy talent because they're like really competing. And among two of my favorite rookies that I'm gonna be keeping an eye on throughout the whole season. Yeah, and I should say, uh, issue highlighted that the overtime elite is actually a separate league in Atlanta. I don't know why I thought it was like a team in the G League, but uh, yeah, miss m- spoke there because like some of the highlights, it looks very similar to the G League. That's why I thought that. But at number six, the Magic drafted Anthony Black, uh, so another guard, which um, you know obviously they have, and he is six five, so he's got a little bit of size to him. Maybe he can play the shooting guard. But they already got Jalen Suggs, who they drafted like fourth. Was it like? two years ago and then they also got Cole Anthony who you know has looked good when you know Suggs has been out but they have Fultz still no exactly they have Fultz too still I mean I gotta be honest they they to me in the last decade have got to be one of the most work like it's not a well-run team that's what I want to say it's like no nah, just yeah. incompetence I agree dysfunctional obviously Jonathan Isaac you can't blame them for that because obviously the injuries and whatnot Mm -hmm. um i do like franz wagner i do like that pickup yeah and then i don't know if they signed mo wagner not that he's like a key piece or anything and he's his brother yeah yeah yeah, it's his brother his older brother yeah that's right and they both went to michigan mo i think yeah he got drafted by the lakers but uh he didn't last long there yeah i don't know what the hell what the hell they're trying to do there i mean who knows anthony black could be a baller he reminds me of josh giddy though like a like, you know what I mean? When I saw some clips, mm. he does. He's a more athletic version of Giddy. That's what I've watched. Yeah, yeah, and that is a good point to point out. Like a lot of these newer guards, they have all these different skill sets. You know, they can rebound, they can obviously pass the ball, they can steal, shoot threes. Not that you know. I want to say Russell Westbrook was a super big influence, not shooting wise, but in terms of like yes, mastering all aspects of the game. You know that we everyone likes to make fun of his triple doubles, but I think a lot of guards growing up watching that have really like you know focused on not focused on getting triple doubles, but it's in their skill set. As we've seen the last few years, all these guards you know becoming triple double machines. Uh, number seven, the Pacers drafted uh, Bilal. Uh, Kulabali. I like this pick. Probably said that wrong, which they traded to the Wizards uh, for Jarkes Walker, who was... Jarris Walker. Jarris Walker, um, who was out of Houston. Yeah, really good. I think he's going to be really good. He could be all-defensive team uh, one day, for sure. Almost up vibes. But um, Bilal, um, I got to be honest, the only reason why he went this high is because he was the teammate of Wembenyana. And I mean, like, I think, yeah, he could be a six man guy, potential, you know, third, fourth option on the floor. 
But I don't know. Taking him in the top ten is just a little crazy to me, just because he's the teammate of like the best prospect ever. Yeah, because who knows? Yeah, the Wizards obviously they're rebuilding, so you know they got the Kakus there. You got Jordan Poole. We'll talk about that later. And then obviously they got Denny uh, Advia. I think that's how you say it with that European connection. So and yeah, a lot of those guys, you know, they're very as we see with Jokic and Sabonis. A lot of these bigger. European guys, they are skilled with the ball. So who knows? He can develop in that team. And he has certainly the minutes to to do that. I'm just not so certain. A lot I'm I'm be honest, like a lot of these picks up until 20, which we'll get to. A lot of wild picks uh, for a lot of these teams. But moving on, yeah, the Jazz drafted Taylor Hendricks, good defensive player. I like him because he's like, dude, this he's a he can shoot. I'm watching him. You can count me wrong, both of you guys. The way his, the way he moves, like the way he moves as a player, like mm-hmm. he has upside to be a really upside to be an athletic player as well. Dude, he's literally like a version. He's like a reincarnation of Antoine Jameson. Mm, I like that. Okay, right? You know what I mean? Everybody thought Antoine would be athletic, but he's like in the middle. But yeah, that's what I see. That's why I see with uh, Taylor, Antoine Jameson. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting what they do with the lineup. Mm-hmm. Laurie can obviously play the small forward he has in the past. Yeah. But with him, Walker and, you know, Walker Kessler and Hendricks on the floor, it'll be interesting to see what they can do there. But after that, Mavericks draft Carson Wallace, who they traded to the Thunder. And the Thunder drafted Derek Lively, the second, traded them to uh, the Mavericks and... Yeah, Derek Lively, uh, the second, I said junior. But um, yeah, I I like him. Obviously, the Mavericks needed a big. And, you know, they can't just put Dwight Powell out there every... Ugh, garbage. Yeah, he's a Canadian. Like, you know, shout out to him. But like, come on, man. Like, they couldn't even make it through the play-in. Like, goddammit. Like, and like, look, Christian Wood, like, can't even get a contract out here. That's a red flag, which I would like to talk about later. Yeah, for sure. After that, though, the Raptors drafted Grady Dick out of Kansas. I really like this pick. Although he hasn't looked the greatest in Summer League, with the, the roster that the Raptors have uh, constructed right now, who knows what they do with Siakam, but I do like him as a you know, shooting option, um, another ball handler. Um, we also had that famous uh, Fat Joe moment where he said, I like Dick. Pause. <laughs> Pause. 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 And then he went on to say, like, obviously, the Kansas player, Grady Dick. But, like, the memes just like, I like Dick. Like, just pause. You hey, know? Pause. Like, 14. I really like this pick. Jordan Hawkins out of uh, Connecticut. I do, too. Um, you know, they won the national championship. The Pelicans, they just keep getting these steals. You know, freaking. Uh, mm. Who's the guys? They Trey Murphy. And the one other guy um, that they drafted. Who's good? Uh, oh, shit. What's his name? Oh, fuck. Uh, I was just looking. He's in the starting lineup, too, if you're thinking what I'm thinking. No, I know, because he, like, he was like a fringe fantasy player. Oh, my God. He has a potential to be all-defensive team. Fuck. I know, yeah. He, he was tied for the steals, like the rookie steals. Here, I'll find it right now. Oh, my God. Oh, I'll get it. I said this in the previous episode, too. Herbert Jones. Herbert ah, Jones. Yeah, Herbert yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, he's, he's Herb nice. Herbert Jones, yeah. Yeah, Herb Jones. Yeah, goes <laughs> But no, adding Hawkins to that lineup, like, I love that pick. Oh, he's, he's going to be a heat check, man. Like, No, he, I think he might have a few 30-point games like this year. I agree. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting some, like, not too many. I think a few, but he's definitely going to, like, you know, weeks. He's going to be averaging 20 points a game. Love that pick. 
Moving down, we're just going to kind of highlight some picks here. Jamie Jacquez Jr. or Jacquez uh, out of UCLA. I love that pick by the Heat at 18. Obviously, with his athleticism, like, is kind of expected he falls mm-hmm. to 18. But to go to that system, you know, we just talked about, you know, undervalued. Um, you know, he's not an undrafted player. But to learn in that Pat Riley or Exposo system, I think that's the best thing that could happen to him. He is, like, in the dame trade talks supposedly but if they can hold on to him like you know they got their backup point guard for the foreseeable future for sure backup shooting guard maybe but uh the highlight i want to make before i kind of pass it off to you guys is cam whitmore at 20 villanova like this guy was as high as like like number five like he was ahead of like a czar in some drafts and there was even one mock draft i saw early where the rockets took him at four you know, obviously Villanova, if we're talking about small forward defenders, most notable one, but Mikhail Bridges, you know, yeah, who won the championship. And then obviously, you know, they've had crazy guard talent with Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, even past eras, Kyle Lowry, like, you know, Villanova, they pump out good players. And the reason why he was kind of following this team is basically there was like some work ethic issues, locker room issues, potentially injury issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he's balling in summer league, half these GMs may need to be fired because the fact that the Rockets... Who drafted him? The Rockets. So they have a Men Thompson Fuck. and him, and they got like already the pieces you know that they have. Even if they didn't make any of those free agent signings that we'll get to that are kind of dumb. I, yeah. Like this is a team for the future. Like this is... I mean, I don't think they'll be ready to compete, compete until a few years. I mean, they'll still have those contracts to deal with. But uh, Ishi, I want to pass it off to you. So yeah, what are some of your highlights? You talked about the Thompson twins, but other picks that you liked out of the top 20, and then maybe talk about uh, Cam Whitmore a bit too. Yeah, I like the uh, Grady pick for the, uh, from the Raptors, definitely. I like what I've seen from Keontae George as well. Like I've seen a little bit of highlights from him. And I think uh, in that Jazz offense, it's going to be interesting because they got they got a few guards. I know they have Sexton, of course. They have Abaji, who I like very much. But if Keontae George can maybe, I don't know, maybe move off ball, set some screens, I think he could have some interesting pick-and-roll action with maybe Walker, Walker um, Kessler, I'm sorry. So that's one of the picks I like. Uh, yeah, Cam Whitmore, I think that was a steal for the Rockets to get him. Um, it was a few times I seen him take a few shots where it was like, okay, he's you know, taking that shot. But nonetheless, he's an athlete, like very athletic, get to the rim. And he, he has some 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 crazy athletic moments in, in the Rockets game that I've seen with him. But I think that Rockets team, I don't know, it's crazy with how many guards they got. I really don't know what they're going to do with that team. But I don't know. The team, like you, like you said, the team is like built for like the long haul, like developing their players and being a future team to compete in the playoffs. So the the Fred Van Vliet uh, signing was um interesting, yeah. Uh, Derek Whitehead as well from the Mets. Like I, it was a few mock drafts when he was actually higher than he went. I like him. I like that pick. I like Jarris Walker. Um, just to talk about Anthony Black a little bit because I've seen some of his highlights. I think um one thing about him is he it was a few highlights I seen when he was like trying to run like a, a actual offense, calling plays and stuff like that. And I feel like he he could develop those smarts for that Magic team. But like they, they do have a lot of guards as well. But Anthony Black, I like what I've seen from him. And um, yeah, those are a few of the rookies that I, I watched a few highlights on and I really wanted to um, talk about. But I think come next season, it's going to be some interest. The rookie race is going to be crazy because 
I believe Chet is considered a rookie this upcoming season. So technically, he'll be playing his rookie season as well. So to see him, a Victor, Brandon Miller, Scoot, and all these guys competing, I think the rookie race is going to be probably one of the more interesting ones in, in recent years. Yeah, definitely, definitely pumped for that rookie kind of power rankings throughout the year. Uh, but just to highlight a few more picks of the first round, uh, Chris Murray from out of Iowa went to the Blazers. Uh, it's Keegan Murray's uh brother Imani Bates yep Imani Banks as well going to the Cavaliers in the second round I should point out the first 10 picks of the second round were all traded I assume that's a record I don't know if that's ever happened but that was a pretty crazy stat one more pick in the first round I want to highlight are Olivier Maxim Prosper from Canada out of Marquette the Kings drafted him but traded him to the Mavericks yeah just showing love to the Canadian boys out there but some other picks that I did like Leonard Miller to the Spurs. Uh, he was definitely a highlight on that G League Ignite team, uh, along with Scoop uh, Henderson. But they traded him to the Timberwolves. And then, yeah, like she said, Imani Banks, uh, Keontae Johnson out of Kansas State. Talking about, you know, the OKC Thunder and all their draft picks. I mean, if they keep hitting on, like, picks like this in the second round, they're going to be very dangerous. Like, Keontae Johnson is, like, I think he's the real deal. He obviously has had some health problems in college and transferred, but yeah, he can definitely anchor a team's defense on the bench, I believe. But uh, And then also the Wizards uh, drafted Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana uh, and was traded to the Warriors. He made a comment that the, the league is on notice for um, passing on him, so I'm going to keep an eye out for him, see if, see if it's actually uh, some talent there. Uh, he is a power, I think, power forward center, though, so which the Warriors didn't need. And then uh, lastly, some unnotable uh, undrafted signings. Uh, so a lot of centers that were All-Americans, Player of the Years, went undrafted in this year's draft as uh, the Bulls signed Adamana Sanogo, who is the center of UConn and the most outstanding player of the Final Four, which, yeah, I, th- I think definitely in the past there's been some, like, you know, MVPs of the Final Four, star players that went undrafted. But a guy like that who was just so dominant, like drilling threes, rebounding machine, I, I was kind of shocked, you know, to see him. But, you know, if you look at the, the second round, there's a lot of ball handlers, more, you know, I guess, basketball skilled than, you know, essentially a center. So I guess that's a lot of the reason. But um, Pacers also signed Oscar Tushwabe, uh, who was the 2022 Player of the Year last year. And he went undrafted, although that was last year. He's a rebound machine. So, yeah, the Pacers, I don't know if you would necessarily replace Miles Turner. I'm not going to say he's that good, but he can definitely anchor that bench, you know, when they put Jalen Smith um, into that role, although they've been putting him at, you know, power forward mostly. Uh, I do think Jalen Smith is the real deal still. And then the Bucks signed Drew Timmy, who was the three-time All-American Gonzaga uh, forward center. Yeah, he's been essentially a star the last three years, All-American, like I said. And he went undrafted? Yes, yeah, he went undrafted. Wow. Yeah, so. deep draft. Yeah, deep, deep draft nonetheless. And then lastly, the Keith Noel, uh, the guard out of Pan, uh, Kansas State. Yeah, he had 19 sits in a uh, NCAA game, a record. He is five foot seven, five foot, probably five foot seven. I know, like, the NBA likes to lie about the height sometimes. He did have that notable, like, turnaround three where he just, like, barely touched the backboard but last game he did have some crazy some crazy handling and uh passing i'm not saying this guy is gonna like be the next fred van fleet or kyle lowry for the raptors but 
I do like that signing. Um, but before we move on uh, to some free agency, uh, I just want to highlight which teams you guys think won the draft. So I'm going to start with UV. Who do you think top three teams that won the draft? And then maybe give a few that uh, did poorly this year. Well, let's start with get off the board. Spurs, 100%. They picked up my boy, number one. Um, shout out Les Bleus. Spurs, and then... Honestly, I'm gonna go with the paces on this too because you know they picked up they picked up insurance, man. Poor like my guy Miles Turner has been in trade rumors since this guy's been drafted. His PG was there. That's how much I feel bad for the guy. Like I love their drafting. I love what they did there. Um, so I'll give that to the Pacers. It's gonna be tough for number three. I'm gonna have to go with um Portland. You know, it's with Scoot. You know, I love Scoot, man. Like, we were just talking about him earlier. Like, when Dame dips out, boom, you got your guy right there. You know what I mean? Of course, with this whole thing with Dame is pissing me off, like, for the last, like, two, three weeks. But, man, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited when the season starts because this, as Issue said, this year's draft, we can arguably compare this to maybe the 2010 draft or the 03 draft within the last like 18 to 19 years people sleep on the 2010 draft like every single i would say minus evan turner every single person that was in a lottery has been an all-star like you know what i mean or has at least been selected an all nba team all defensive team has an accolade i feel like this year's draft especially what you said noah about like a bunch of all americans Players of the year went unsigned is insane. And it's going to be cool because, like, issue point, Chet is coming back, right? He, he's technically a rookie, so he's doing a la the Blake Griffin, um, Joel Embiid type of thing when they entered the league. And this is going to be tough. This is going to be reminiscent to 03. You know what I mean? With, like, LeBron, Melo, like, Bosh, Wade, like, Who's going to win Rookie of the Year? That type of vibe, right? And it's going to be it's going to be exciting. And I, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm, I ain't going front. I'm excited to see Victor play an actual NBA game. As we you said, Noah, people are going to come after him. They're going to like they like they're, they're that first game. Whoever the Spurs are going to play. That team is gonna fucking dissect Victor like there's no tomorrow, and these people are gonna go at him. So yeah, I would say those are my teams, and I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see who's gonna be the like in the future, the Ginobili of the draft, the Draymond Green of the draft, like the undrafted late round pick that ends up blossoming to an all time great. So yeah, I will. This is definitely a draft class that's going to be remarkable and has potential to be one of the best ones that we're going to be talking about in the future yeah i like that point you made you know these late you know draft picks and undrafted signings like who's going to be that next star we'll do this for the next nba episode but i wanted to do a segment um in relation to jimmy butler like who's the next jimmy butler like you know second round pick but just like superstar player on and off the court. Shout out to Rachel Nichols. You know, well, yeah, shout out to Rachel Nichols. We'll, we'll get to that in the next segment. We'll do, we'll do some research and give some predictions because, yeah, those, those players are always in the league. And um, we'll, get to, we'll get to Draymond in a second here. 
Yeah, I think he was like the second last pick or maybe even the last pick of the draft when he went. But uh, let's get to NBA free agency. So I'm just going to go through all the biggest deals, talk about some of the extensions, and then we'll all break it down, uh, the trio. And so biggest contract that was given out, Jamari Grant, five years, $160 million. $32 million a year, like obviously not the, not the worst for the you know, type of player he is. Although like he's essentially like the second best guy. I mean, some people want to argue like Simons is like the second, but I don't know. I think numbers wise, like, you know, Grant's numbers, you know, there's not only a few players who do average, you know, what he averages, although the ones who do are like, you know, star, star players nonetheless. But I think the five years is definitely, that was definitely too much on that deal. Although like what they have with Scoot now and with Dame leaving, it'll be a nice piece for Scoot to develop with. I, I do like that. Um, next, we got Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet. Vliet. <laughs> Three-year, $128 million, But $42.8 million per year to the Rockets. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Love Fred. Helped bring the championship to Toronto. But yeah, $42.8 million. He's making more than Kyrie. Like, and Kyrie, you know, he's re-signed with the Mavs. Three-year, $126 million. Kyrie was essentially playing, I don't know, footsies with, like, the entire league. Or or maybe not the entire league. Maybe just, you know, the Lakers. The, he was even, like, some Suns rumors out there. Yeah, I remember hearing that. I, yeah, I don't think he'd ever go. Maybe he'd, he'd contemplate going to the East. I didn't hear anything about the Heat. But, yeah, we'll see what happens with that Mavs team. Now with, like, a full training camp, full offseason with both him and Luka. I do think they can make some noise, but... The last time we we talked about them, they were still in the playing spot, and we we all both all three of us predicted that they'd be there, and they weren't. And they they yeah, they just their defense was horrendous. Shut the bed. Oh, that's a team that could use a Miles a Miles Turner like player. I mean, they definitely have the cap space for him. But yeah, because they need like some like they can't rely on Derek Lively to be their savior for this year. Like they're trying to win a championship. Like that's a clear uh, goal for them or both Luca and Kyrie will be gone in three years if they don't, you know, do something. Uh, next got Chris Milton, three years, 102 million, 34 million per year. Resigning with the Bucks. Obviously, you know, you got to respect him, you know, being part of that championship team. But I think this deal might bite them. I mean, who knows? Nick Nurse to turn the team around. I could definitely, I could see that. I could see, you know, you put Nick Nurse in there, Remind me, who was their who was their coach before? The old Spurs assistant, Budenholzer, yeah, Budenholzer, Budenholzer, yes, Budenholzer. I'd always quite because, like, obviously he had you know the death in the family, and then you know they were close in a lot of those games. Uh, the players just didn't show up, but I I did see some stats of their recent years in terms of like their offensive efficiency, and namely in that net series. Like, if Kyrie doesn't go down, like they don't win that series. Um, the year they won the finals, but. Uh, I mean, I could see this deal biting them in the ass if it doesn't work. Like, Giannis could hypothetically leave if, you know, they don't pull up. Although he has maintained his loyalty. But I have seen some rumors that, you know, if it doesn't work out in the next few years. And then, yeah, Cam Johnson re-signed with the Nets. Four-year, $108 million, 27 year. They essentially had to give him that money or he was going to get an off sheet uh, essentially that high. Kyle Kuzma, four-year, $102 million, 25.6 per year to the Wizards. Then we got Draymond, four-year, $100 million, 25 per signing with the State Warriors. Uh, Jakob Poitel signed a three-year, $80 million deal. Or I should say four-year, uh, $20 million per year with the Raps. 
And then the infamous Dylan Brooks signed four-year, $80 million, $20 million per year. With Yeah, th- this deal could look like a steal if, you know, they're... Uh, the heat of the Rockets defense looks out of world like you know out of out of this world this year I could definitely see that as a potential just with the pieces they got but this guy could shoot himself out of the league like very very quickly um, we'll get to that too uh, then we got Brooke Lopez uh, defense of the year candidates two-year 48 million 24 per year to the Bucks uh, Bruce Brown Jr. Uh, fresh off for winning the championship with the Nuggets, we definitely should have mentioned him as he was definitely a key piece off the bench. Yeah. Like he is he is a baller. Uh, two years, $45 million to the Pacers. I like that for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Then we got D'Lo re-signing with the Lakers. Two-year, $37 million. I love this deal for the Lakers. Obviously, like you could say, like, oh, he's going to stink it up again. But 18.5 for that type of player, like... They don't make the plan without D'Lo. He just shit the Western Conference Finals. That's literally it. Exactly. Yeah, it was just one series, and everyone was like, "I mean, the not getting ten points like that—that that was a serious problem." And yeah, then the it guys was. like shooting after every game, and like yeah, some of the memes of that definitely pretty funny. Uh, Rui Hachimura resigned with the Lakers, three year, fifty-one million, seventeen per year, steal of a deal again. Rui looked incredible in the playoffs. Especially in that uh, Memphis series, he looked really good in that. Definitely stepped up big. Uh, Austin Reeves, um, yeah, there was a lot of talk about him getting an offer, but four years, fifty-six million, fourteen per year. So I, I think this is a steal, fourteen year, fourteen per year. And the coach says he's a future All Star. I don't know about that. No, even if he's a fringe All Star player, fourteen million per year. Like look, at the players that got not half these players will not be an All Star, and they're getting like twenty-five, thirty million per year. You know. So um, I think it's definitely a steal. Dante DiVincenzo, four-year, $50 million, 12.5 per next. I think that's a steal. Yep. I've always loved Dante all the way back to Villanova days. But now he's getting an opportunity, to, you know, I guess m- more usage rate, not too much. But in that system um, that they've been developing there in um, Knicks land, I do, I do like this ad. And you obviously have a connection with Brunson and Hart. And I believe one more player on the bench also played for that team, but I don't even know who he is. Westbrook re-signed with the Clippers, two-year, $8 million. My boy. That's a, that's a steal of a deal. The way he was playing for that team definitely deserved more comparable to some of these other players getting these contracts. But mm-hmm. just with the problems he's had with other teams, I totally understand like why. And obviously Harden's talking about going there. I mean, and a lot of people are like, who's stopping this team? It's like the injuries and the effort. Like, not one, I'm sorry, PG is not a leader. No. Like, the the recent podcast he's been doing shows he is not a leader. Great podcast, though. Wow. Honestly, like, some of, like, I can't remember the sus thing he said the other day. Yeah, he said some, like, crazy sus. It was something about dick. No, literally, it was about like it was about like Dick or something. Forget who like, it was. Oh, it was, it was like it was like to a player. Oh, it was Larry Bird. It was about Larry Bird. Um, because he had who did he have? He had Tyrese Hilburton on his podcast. Oh yeah. Oh right. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And he was like, he probably wants to know. Like, dude, that guy is so weird. Yeah. And I don't even want to get into the controversy that this guy is somehow. Escaped from. I'm not even going to mention it. But uh, who? Tyrese or Barry? Larry? No, Paul George. I'm not. Even, I'm not even going to bring it up. Yeah, he's just as sus as some of these other players. Yeah, not a leader. But if that if that team's healthy, obviously we said a lot. You, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast about 
the Suns having trouble with that team without both of them, practically. Um, in that first game, you know, they won, you know, with Kawhi and Paul George and Westbrook. And, and Westbrook played good in that series. Like, he kept it close, you know, for, for a lot of those games. Um, so I do like that pickup. But, yeah, they, they can't bring James Harden there. That's just... Ty Lue is... Ty Lue is going to go crazy. His hair would go completely white. No, literally. Yeah, yeah. But lastly, last uh, free agent I wanted to bring up, D. Rose signed with Memphis, two years, 6.5 mil. Huge. Returning to Memphis, um, where he played college for John Calipari. But um, yeah, I, I like this pick as a, you know, a backup point guard, being someone in the locker room to kind of teach these guys. And I don't know if I've heard of D. Rose being a vocal part in the locker room. Like, he definitely wasn't in the Bulls days. Like, that was definitely and boozers i mean they're loud guys so like it's common but who knows maybe this late in his career he can give some advice to the players and you know he can i mean you know it's kind of crazy westbrook's getting 1.8 just 1.8 million more when d can't even put the numbers like we're talking points per game wise that westbrook can still put out there but as like a locker room vet i think that that is important i honestly that is one of my favorite moves i'll tell you in a minute sorry mm-hmm. no i just got excited Word. oh no you're good you're good but um i do think tyus jones them losing tyus jones i he was by far the best point backup point guard in the league like he should be a starter you know when he started he went off in fantasy and mm. like yeah even even the playoffs you know when you come off the bench like you know, he's not your regular backup point guard. No. And coming from, I believe, the Duke system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Duke system. And, you know, you got his brother over there in San Antonio. That's right. I think they're, yeah, they're going to miss. I think they're going to miss him um, no matter what. Although Marcus Smart, oh. that's a that's a big pickup too. Who's going to be starting? We're going to get to Jaws' latest suspension in a bit here. Uh, but before I pass it on to you guys, extensions jordan clarkson going to utah resign with utah i should say three years 55 million solid i think that's definitely an admirable contract for the type of player he is uh sabonis resign with the kings five year 217 million deserved uh, lamello ball agreeing to a extension five year 260 with the hornets desmond bain five year 207 million extension i think that's a little high we'll get to that and then tyrese halliburton Five years, two sixty, worth up to two sixty million, but that is deserved. Yeah. Issue. I'm gonna pass it off to you first. Okay. Yeah. Just to get into these free agency signings, some of them that I definitely liked it. Westbrook, I like that resigning. He's gonna fit like perfectly well with that team, and I know he had a rough start of the year with the Lakers, but as the year got on, he still showed that he could put up crazy numbers and be a, a leader on the team. So it's gonna be interesting to see him come back. Hopefully, the team could come back healthy. I like the D-Rose signing as well. Him and Marcus Smart, I feel like they'll fit perfectly well into that Grizzlies like uh, system and you know really get those young guys like some mentoring because they're a little wild and stuff like that. So uh, Stephen Adams, I hope hopefully that team can turn things around with John. You know we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I like the D-Rose signing. Him coming back to Memphis, so it's kind of like it all comes comes full circle. Him coming back to where he played college at. And hopefully he could be a, a mentor to these guys in the locker room, him, Marcus Smart, and stuff like that. And they, this team can do do some interesting things. Tyrese Halliburton, I love that extension. I can't wait to see what he does. Like I know we, I, I didn't get to really talk about the teams that I felt that won the draft, but like just to really get into the Pacers a little bit, man. I'm happy to see what the Pacers got going with Jairus Walker, Tyrese Halliburton. Who knows what they do with Turner? But they got some pieces, and I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what they do uh, next year. Yeah, um, the Draymond um, signing, 
I'm happy about that. I guess I, I really want to I really want to get into the Amorius trade eventually. Like we gotta talk about that soon because it's interesting. I have some points on that, but those are a few of the signings that I like, and some of the more questionable ones, like maybe the Fred Van Vliet and the Rockets signing. I just want to talk about that for a little bit. I I think it's crazy that we have all these guards on that Rockets team. You know, they just drafted Amen uh, Thompson. They got Kevin Porter Jr. already. They got Jalen Green, who were they who who they were actually playing at the point guard spot for some time. So I don't know. It's it's we talked about it a few times in the episode, but it's interesting to see that. Yeah, those are a few of the signings that um really stood out to me. Uh, before I pass it off to you, VZ, I just want to highlight on Halliburton and yeah, two sixty million. Yeah, you know, got drafted in the Edwards draft, and yeah, we had an episode kind of previewing that draft and then talking about it and both both me and issue highlighted how he fell in the draft and mm-hmm. to get that max contract now is is pretty insane suns fans yeah no suns fans even like i'm looking at this draft right now well one golden state drafting wiseman did not work out four patrick williams to the bulls nope isaac okoro to cleveland Cavaliers at five nope Aneku Okongu, I do like him, but he's not, like, they could have saved trading for uh, DeJounte Murray. And honestly, I would have liked Halliburton and freaking uh, Young a bit better, honestly. And then Pistons drafting Killian Hayes. You know, he's still playing good here and there, the Cade injury, but he's not a top 10 pick. And then even Knicks, Obi Toppin. Like, imagine if the Knicks had Halliburton before, like, they had Brunson. Like, I know, like, yes, they underpaid for Brunson, clearly. A lot of people were saying it was an overpay, but no, this guy, this guy showed up. But imagine if they had Halliburton. Man. Dimes will be dropping. Man, like, oh my gosh. Even, even the Wizards, like, drafting Denny Advia, like, at nine. And, like, yeah, we've talked about him a bit. The Spurs passing on him, too, like, with Vassell. And Vassell's, Vassell's a good player. Like, definitely will be a fringe, um, I think, all-star selection in the next few years. I don't, I don't think he'll be, like, automatically selected. I think he'll be if there's injuries and whatnot. Reserve, yeah. Although, like, Keldon Johnson, like, that's definitely the number one option on that team right now. Although, like, I mean, before I get to VZ, highlight on um, Victor again. I am I am stoked to see him play. I, I don't wish that, you know, he's a bust or anything. But, uh, yeah, it's just a wait-and-see thing. You know, people are calling him... People are already saying he's like a top 50 NBA player. Higher than like all these. Like I saw so every list I've seen is better than Miles Turner. It's like y'all need to chill. Miles Turner will back that boy up and punish him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pause. pause but like, but no, like he's going to have their hand, his hands full. You know, his seven foot two um, frame with that. And but yeah, he can he can beef up and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Beasy, I'll pass it off to you. What are your top free agent signings? And then maybe touch on some of these extensions that got signed. Yeah, so I'm going with number one. Actually, no specific order. Man, like, the Derrick Rose signing is, I tweeted about it, is fucking huge. The Memphis boys need a vet in that locker room. Steven Adams was not that guy, clearly. And he, he'll, he amended it. And I think somebody snitched on that team to the media. Uh, saw on Twitter. So I think that was salt. But they need a guy like D-Rose to replace, obviously, Tyrus Jones' production. Obviously, they're two different players at their current stages of their career. But D-Rose, I saw this in um, 
whose podcast was that? It was PG, but I forget who he interviewed. Oh, Julius Randle. Yeah, he interviewed Julius Randle, and PG brought up like MVP Rose. Like they were both giving Rose's flowers and everything like that, and they were talking about how he is like in a locker room. Um, during his Bulls days, he was a really quiet guy, but overall. I think he kind of thought about, like, in order for him to last in the league is to use that voice. And I think he needs, they need his voice in that locker room for one reason. It's for Ja and all those guys because Rose was a, he grew up about that. He witnessed and grew up about the life that Ja Morant wishes to be about. You know what I mean? In Chicago, don't play around. We all know this. We all know this. You know, I think they're exactly 10 years apart too. So it's a good, it's a good age gap for Rose to be like, yo, this is not cool. I like, you know what I mean? Kind of like have him shook in a way. And also like shout out to D Rose. Like his, his two baby mamas are best friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that, like that guy is set. Like he's Lou Will. Yeah. He's literally like, like, well, no, Lou Will is just different, not at different levels, but like, Two girls and they get along like I'm Lou. But no, that's that's definitely an underrated sighting that a lot of people might have looked over. So I'll give that to Rose. One of my other favorite signings is Cam Johnson. Obviously, they got to pay him that money. But I'm so fucking excited for that Nets team. I just wish Dame wanted to trade there. I literally wish he wanted to go there. Like that team is built for Dame. Everybody, we're not counting Dinwiddie, everybody minus Dinwiddie can defend on that team. Like Cam, Mikel, Claxton, um, assuming um, Dorian Finney-Smith is still there. Uh, I don't know if Royce O'Neal got traded or not, but they have everything built around Dame. Snipers, athleticism, additional playmakers, an actual set number two option that can... Not that's not Jeremiah Grant. I personally think Bridges is way better than Grant based off versatility, rebounding, obviously defending and playmaking as well. So that's where I see. So shout out to uh, Killer Cam for getting that bag because he thrived in that system with the Nets. And um, lastly, I'm gonna go Westbrook. Westbrook, man. I'm not because like I I'm not saying this because I like the Clippers. When I saw Westbrook perform with the Clippers, it was different. Like, when he shut down, did you see that? Do you guys remember that defensive play that he had on book in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was jumping. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's like, like, I remember in one of the episodes, I was talking about, like, Westbrook should take a page off Ron Harper. Because Ron Harper was one, had to pretend, he was like, he was an athletic guard, and he had, like, Westbrook, D-Rose, and I forget the name, the mayor of Sacramento's name. Oh, shit. Uh, Vinny Johnson? I think it's Vinny Johnson. Yeah, Vinny Johnson. All those guys relied on athleticism, and then Ron Harper, once he got to the Bulls, he kind of leaned more as a defensive specialist. Um, you know what I mean? Just, like, that type of person that could get to the rim occasionally. And when I saw that, I was like, they need. I was like, Clippers need to bring this guy back because he was that performance, that three to ten performance, nine for like nine for twenty performance. He shot bad in that game. Was the shittiest. It was like the best shittiest game I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like I that was like 
that was unreal. And I've always shitted on Westbrook since he left OKC. But I'm glad he's like rede- he's got he's got the redemption back and bringing him back on like a 1.8 million dollar deal. And he got uh, apparently he had other offers elsewhere for hire. That's a lot. So those are my three takeaways. Honorable mentions I want to see is Dante DiVincenzo. He's gonna thrive the Knicks. That's I have a feeling he's gonna do good there. Bruce Brown, hey man, go get your bag, homie. That's all I'm gonna say with that. Knock on front. I like the. I'm glad Draymond's back. Uh, that's all I'm gonna touch base on that. The extension. I don't know why Utah paid Clarkson that money. That's something I'll never. That's a head scratcher. Sure, he's a twenty point scorer guy. Brings nothing else to the table. So I have a feeling that might be a trade bait later on, maybe in a year. That's what I'm gonna think about the Sabonis. I love that. Even though he did do well in the playoffs, I don't blame him. He had a lot of pressure on him because it's the first Kings playoffs in fucking 17, 18 years. So, you know, I'm going to give them props for that. I have them making some noise next year. Tyrese, like, the way I, I see him play, he reminds me of, like, Darren Williams in a way. Not, not a physical guard like D will was, but like the way he can play, like he can shoot, he can pass it. He can go to the rim, obviously not as much as a solid defender as D will. But again, I think Tyrese will get to that level at some point. And then LaMelo ball, honestly, that's going to be, that's going to end up singing the Hornets because I have a feeling like you said, Noah, they don't win shit there in the next year or two. He's gone. Literally. But yeah, those are my thoughts on the, the free agents and the extensions. Okay, and then we before we get into uh, the recent John Morant uh, suspension, I just wanted to touch on, uh, issue mentioned this, the Warriors trade uh, for CP3. So yeah, initial thoughts, I was obviously, as a Warriors kind of hater, I was almost kind of rejoicing that, you know, CP3 is going to kind of ruin the chemistry of that team, but... I should say that, you know, the first year that he's been on all these new teams, you know, you go back to, you know, even, you know, the Clipper day, the early Clipper, early, early Clipper days, and then the first few years in Houston, the OKC year, and then the first year, obviously, uh, with the Suns bringing them to the championship. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, you can bring some pressure off Curry, and relieving some of the playmaking and ball usage, I guess you could say. But I'm not sure how this makes them good enough to beat the Lakers. Like, you know, if they rematch against the Lakers again, they're not winning. Unless, you know, Curry goes God mode and, and Clay returns back to, you know, the player he was, which is a very, very like um, possibility as, you know, he doesn't much dribbles to shoot. So if he can kind of tweak what went wrong, who knows what happens. But yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, defensively, uh, doesn't definitely doesn't make them, you know, defensively, you know, they're already a good ball moving team. You know, that's kind of Kerr's way. So who knows? Maybe I'll unlock something kind of return them to that offense of the past and, you know, bring something to elevate Andrew Wiggins game. I mean, I do like the fact that they got pool out of there. I think that was a horrendous contract from the start. I mean, I really don't think that guy, I mean, he can average 24 next year. It's not, not doing anything to the wizards. They're not going to make the playoffs. 
I should say he can average 28 and they're still not like, look at what Bradley Beal was there. You know, you're, you're not going to do much with that, but, um, Kevin Martin vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck together. No, no results for real, actually. But issue, uh, what was your overall thoughts and reaction to CP three going to the, uh, the warriors as I know a lot of warriors fans, were not too happy with Mike Dunvalvey's recent uh brand new tenure as as the gm but yeah what are your overall thoughts of the one of the yeah one of the i guess yeah we can call him the point god he was that was one of his nicknames back in the day going to the warriors although at the twilight of his career for sure honestly man it's just that the warriors i feel like they don't have enough youth on that team you know i feel like they need more young talent to really balance off what curry clay and draymond brings to the table and that's not to knock them because those are very amazing players um some of the greatest players of all time and you know the warriors are going to be the warriors and they are going to win games but i feel like when you look at these teams that we got you got the nuggets you got all these different teams you got the lakers and i feel like they didn't get that much better than a lot of these other teams and i feel like similar to what you just said like if they were to play the warriors again in that series with this new team i still don't think they could beat the lakers and I don't think they're beating those top teams in the West either. But that's neither here nor there. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was just questionable. I just didn't think out of all players, I don't know if Chris Paul was the one to get. I felt like I heard there were reports that they, they could have almost got Dame. I don't know how true that is. But I don't know. I just, I would have liked Fred Van Vliet if they could have got him. I would have I rather had him on my Warriors team than than cp3 because cp3 i don't know he had to he's at the last stage of his career and yeah he'll take the pressure off of you know curry and maybe curry could you know do a little a little more scoring move to the two spot but i don't know cp3 i don't know he's just not i don't feel like he's built like that anymore all right so vz what are your thoughts on the cp3 trade side note apparently shakira and jimmy butler are dating yeah i saw that too (laughs) super that's why i said superstar on and off the court but the trade, yeah, no, it's where do I even start? CP3's career is like, if you look at Wikipedia, I don't know if you guys are like this. When you look at an NBA player, it sh- you see their accolades. You know, you look pull up LeBron, the fucking list is like, like a power of attorney document or anything like that. When I look at CP3's list, the amount of times he's led the league in assists, steals, all defensive teams, accolades are all there except for championship. It hurts my stomach, you know what I mean? Like a hurting stomach feeling when you lose like somebody you love. Because with Chris Paul, he needs this championship. I'm not even joking. It's not an Allen Iverson or a Mello or anything like that. He needs this. That's the only thing he's missing. And what's crazy is that with this here... This motherfucker thinks he's going to start with the Warriors. Like, I'm sorry. Like, do you want your backcourt to be an um, like an older version of what Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum were like? Like, you know what I mean? I honestly think Chris Paul off the bench is a cheat code. <laughs> All he needs to fucking do, facilitate the offense, I'm a huge CP3, CP3, C3P, oh my bad. CP3 fan. I have his Clippers jersey. And I used to wear his shoes in uh, when I played basketball. He needs this. He needs this. And he needs to accept the bench role. Because 
with Curry having a break, Draymond running the break, you have arguably one of the best facilitators, offensive orchestrators of all time with CP3 on your bench. That's at the prime of his career. All he needs to do is run the offense. He doesn't need to take the last shot. He doesn't need to do anything else. Just play make, make your threes, do a midi, attack the rim whenever you can, and provide that leadership as well when needed, whenever things get escalated. I really think this is a good trade because it got that motherfucking pool out of there, like I said, because Poole thinks he's that guy. Sure, he might have that riz, you know, pull up three from deep when you see a couple baddies on the court side, you know. I'll be feeling some type of way like that too. But, like, Poole's play is doesn't fit the Warriors culture. And that was the downfall of their playoff run this year, arguably. But, well, like I said, um, my final base here with CP3, he's going to fit their bench really well. I just hope the Warriors end up adding more pieces to the bench because, like Issue said, they're looking like a retirement home there. Like, do I need, do they need to step up their medical staff? Maybe. I don't fucking know. But they need to add more youth, more pieces to their bench. And also, with Poole being gone, this gives an opportunity for Poole to be that guy in Washington with Kuz. But again, like I said, he's going to be like a Kevin Martin. 20, like he doesn't bring anything else. What are you going to average? Like 28, 24, 24 to 28 a game, three rebounds, three assists. What? 42% field goal percentage, 34.7% from three, 83% from free throw line. You know what I mean? And they're going to probably at worst a playing team. So that's my final thoughts. I This trade can backfire on the Warriors if CP can't stay healthy, but they keep them between the early, the late 20s or mid 20s, 25, 26 minute per game guy. Get to really facilitate the offense, hit some shots when he feels comfortable. I think this could be a perfect because he can rest up as well. Yeah, I do. I do definitely agree with him coming off the bench. Yeah, he could tap into Kaminga's game, you know, coming to this year. I saw all these reports that he's gained like a bunch of inches and in, in height um, over the off season. Who knows if that's true or not? But you know, there's definitely spurts throughout the year where you know he wasn't looking like the lottery pick, definitely, but a, a good piece off the bench for this team. And then yeah, obviously with Wiggins out all that time, you know he's definitely filling the role. But let's get into John Morant's latest suspension. So the title of the segment is uh, "John Wick Ends His Three Month Retirement." Might be four months now, uh, but it was three months at the time. As when the first incident went down, everyone was calling him Jaw Wick after John Wick um, on Twitter. But yeah, so essentially, he was given a 25 game suspension for revealing his gun once again on a friend's IG live back in May 14th. Um, the Grizzlies suspended Morant from all team activities after the video was showed um, circulating on uh, yeah all over social media. Uh, and I should I should point out that it was like I want to say like thirty thirty people watching like not even not even like some cloud tracing moment. Um, but back in March, the NBA sub- suspended Morant eight games following a similar incident in March, where he was seen on IG Live holding a gun uh, while intoxicated at a Denver area nightclub. Um, but after these previous incidences, and you can hear all of them, there's. A few more I didn't mention, but on episode 65, we do a whole segment on this. But after all this, Adam Silver, you know, the commissioner, talked to Jaw about what the consequences would be if he did something again. And he obviously still made the poor decision once again. 
Apparently the gun, though, was a prop or lighter, and many have questioned the suspension for a fake gun, saying no crime was committed. But the fact that he saw his friend on IG Live, there was no gun showing, and then when he saw his friend was on IG Live, proceeded to show it on video, I think that was just as worse, if not worse, because he's flaunting it like a weapon, even if it's not. Like, why? Like, you were just warned what the consequences would be if you did something like this again, and he still did it. And another thing, like, he's an athlete who's on his way, who was on his way, I should say, to making 70 plus million a year with endorsements and, you know, his salary. And he's playing for a league that does not support firearm ownership or gun violence. Like, that, that's the main thing these people that are questioning the suspension don't understand is, like, all these, you know, mass shootings, um, police brutality incidences, like, the league has been big on, against this and, like, big on gun control. Like, there was the whole Steve Kerr press conference about one of the school, I can't remember the school shooting. There's just been so many in the last few years, but, you know, he was getting emotional about it. And, yeah, it, it's just unacceptable. You're a role model. Kids look up to you. Because you play ball, not for your gangster persona image. But before I pass it off to Issue and BZ, I want to bring up a former NBA player and now ESPN uh, personality and podcaster JJ Reddick's take on all this. So this was when, like, when the suspension was first announced, and I can't remember the other guy they have, but it's him, Stephen A, and this loud talking guy. Kind of reminds me of Skip. But JJ first points out that Josh should face consequences. You know, he's the face of the league, role model for young people, etc. And, you know, he started off with that. You know, that's, I think everyone, most people can agree with that. But then he questions why there aren't consequences for political officials that promote guns and there are shootings in the officials' districts. And he gets all emotional about it. You know, can tell that this is hit a nerve um, for him. Sure, I get his frustrations, like, for sure, but, like, Jaw is an athlete. He is not a lawmaker that passes laws on, you know, gun control and whatnot. So it's a, it's a weird way of him siding with the players on this. Like, you know, he starts off saying he should be, you know, facing suspension. There should be consequences. But then he's like, oh, what about these, you know, politicians and whatnot that promote guns? And, you know, he gets emotional. And I'm sure on this, if... You know, he spoke negatively on Jaw like Stephen A did or, you know, the other guy that was getting all emotional. Probably Jaw wouldn't come on his podcast. And, you know, he interviews a lot of the players and shout out to Jay Killen in the podcast realm. But like, I don't know, it was just a weird way. You know, he was trying to compare an apple and an orange there. And it just, it fell flat. And as soon as he said it, I was just like, JJ, come on, man. Like, what, what are you doing? But um, issue, I'll pass it off to you first. So obviously we talked about this on episode 65 but uh yeah what are your what are your thoughts on jaw you know making another mistake again showing on ig live and then now with the 25 game suspension although it is just crazy to me that the whole gilbert arenas thing and we talked about this last time i remember it was i think it was before the suspension came out that it was gonna be like 15 games or whatever or no eight games it was eight games not 15 that what he did and obviously Gilbert Arenas brought a gun into the locker room. A bit different scenario, but with the way social media is now, it should be treated just the same. And I know that was David Stern's league, not Alan Silver's. So, you know, difference. And obviously they're not going to spend him for half the season or a full season because they need him. They need him to play next year. That's clearly, and I imagine if he does it again, like, he's, you know, he's got to get like 
40, 50, maybe 60 games, but I mean, who knows? But yeah, Ishii, what are your thoughts on the latest in the John Morant saga? Yeah, I think just like my initial reactions, I think it's crazy that you get caught in the same, like just doing the same stupid thing twice when like you're the face of the league. Even I know like I have relatives who haven't watched basketball in years know who John Morant is. So that just goes to show his impact uh, across the world um, for, you know, what he does on the court. But like, yeah, I think it should be treated as serious as the Gilbert Arena situation because of the effects of like social media and how serious things can get. But, you know, I'm hoping he could like finally learn from this because like, come on, two times, like they need him to sell tickets. They they need to make money and you know, John Moran's the face of the league and stuff like that. So he has nothing really to prove when you think about it. There's nothing really much for him to prove. You got the bag already. You're a star on, on an NBA team. Like you should be focused on like leading this team to the playoffs for the for the for the rest of your career, you know, and try to contend for some championships and stuff like that. But nonetheless, man, he's young, so Hopefully he can learn from this mistake, but if he gets caught with it a third time, then you he's just like, come on, he's listening to too much too much young boy stuff. And he, I don't know, it's, it's not like he has nothing to prove, man. He has, like, good upbringing. He has a very good upbringing. I know people who doesn't have, like, both parents, ne- never divorced, happy family. I think he went to private school or some shit like that. What do you need to prove? But, yeah, nonetheless, I feel like the, the amount of games they suspended him for was reasonable considering they need him. But those are my thoughts, yeah. Yeah, and uh, before I pass it on to VZ, you know, we, we talked about it on last time as the last incident where he showed in the club was not the first time. So this is technically like third or fourth gun incident. The first one was the one where he was playing pickup with the kid and the kid said he, you know, showed his gun on his waist as like a threat. That's currently in a lawsuit right now. So that this is currently being resolved. But yeah, this is like third fourth time and even the first time we talked about this last time on the podcast week we admitted that you know we're all in our 20s and we've all made mistakes but to do it like literally man like three months later after you were told what the consequences man like you ain't learning anything not learning exactly he's not learning anything you're just doing you're doing it on purpose at that point yeah no well, literally like he saw his like you can watch the video it's all up there he saw his friend had the ig live and then he grabbed his gun. And his homie, like, tried to, like, zoom the camera out of the way, too. Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. Like, his, even his homie was like, yo, chill, what are you doing? It's like, it's like this guy's acting like he made it out the hood. And, like, but like Issue said, he went to private school or whatever, middle class family. He has a good upbringing. Good upbringing. Good upbringing. So he's clearly influenced. Middle class, yeah. By. Young boy gang culture music Music. yeah let's just just keep it keep it a music honestly because i hope they get rid of those dances at the beginning of their games please please. and now dylan brooks is gone so maybe they will um because he was leading a lot of the charge for that but uh yeah vz what are your thoughts on this whole situation once again oh my god like it's literally like it's like fake promises it was like a fake promise literally he sat down with fucking the commissioner like, bro, that's like saying, that's not even your boss. That's your boss's boss at this point. You know what I mean? I think of his actual career. Like, it's like me fucking up at work. And this gets to my manager's manager. Manager. This gets to, like, human resources type of shit. It, it just doesn't make sense, right? And, and it's just, I think for Ja, he had a really good upbringing, 100%. There's proof it's been documented. Plenty of analysts have said that. 
role model. It's simple. It's so simple. The amount of times I've seen in my personal life, good guys, good people that I know that had uh, both their parents um, in their lives, even if they're divorced, even if they're divorced, they they still have great communication parents. They're not from the hood. They're raised properly. They fucking somehow end up in the deepest shit and they can't bounce back from there. It's just the lack of a role model. He didn't have that when he was growing up, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I don't know, right? So it's just so disappointing. You are a face of the fuck six. You have a signature shoe, even though it's fucking ugly as shit. But Nike invested in you. Again, your employer partnered up with another major company to provide a safety net or investment worth for you. You secured your bag. You're an all-star. Great. Awesome. You're a face of a franchise. It's just a lack of accountability. It's a lack of leadership within that team. It's a lack of actual common sense. Like, you know, as an NBA player, like you said, Noah, you don't need to be a role model. Like, I get it. Like, you know, some players choose to be doing stuff outside of the the NBA, NBA community, NBA cares, like everything like that. You don't even need to be a role model. You don't need to display that. You are a superstar, all-star. What do you guys consider him as? Young superstar. I would say young superstar as well. You, you are a young superstar. And, you know, 16, like teenagers that are slowly like, you know, on verge of like, do I work on my scholarship? Like that age group, like, oh, do I get scholarships to university? Do I do, like, do I pick basketball as my sport? They're going to know jaw. And they're going to, at this point, they're going to know his activities. And that's the frustrating part. It's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You know what I mean? And right now, Adam Silver, he's, I honestly think if jaw does this again, he's going to get Gilbert Reyna's treatment. And the point that JJ did, I knew this hit a nerve for him because I he just melted. He literally like self-destructed in that in that whole argument he made that definitely hit a nerve 25 games is solid but my thing is is that when when like they got to do something you know what i mean of course it brought like d rose as i mentioned earlier like that will hold him accountability 100 percent. and the fact is is just like I'll touch base on the political shit, too. I got no problem doing that. JJ is sort of right, but then it's just like, wow. You know what I mean? It's like he just he just folded right there. I have a, I have a guy that uh, he's going to remain anonymous um, was telling me, he's like, yeah, I overheard he's a huge soccer guy. Overheard this guy in NBA got suspended for a gun. And he was saying, like, yeah, no. He's like, fuck that. I don't think he should got suspended. Like for flashing a gun on social media, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, are you fucking, excuse my language, are you fucking retarded? Like, maybe in your eyes, I was like, maybe in your eyes, no. But this is a league that has dealt with a lot of shit, like over the last 20 years. We talk about Piston Brawl, the Knicks and the Knicks and Nuggets Brawl of Mello and Nate Robinson, um, Alice the Palace, as I just mentioned. And then also the fact the Gilbert Arenas incident, like you, we have out of all the sports, NBA and football are the have the most like violent gun offenses out of all sports. 
You just don't watch the fucking game. You just think like, oh, just because social media. Yeah, okay, 100% see your perspective. But think, you are, if you watch the game, you know this guy's a tier once a generational talent. You're doing shit like that. Kids look up to you. It gives the organization and NBA as a whole a bad image. And it makes it look like NBA is catering to quote-unquote thugs. Throwing it back to Kenyon Martin, J.R. Smith, and Marcus Cambiero, the Nuggets. They used to be called Denver Thuggets because all these guys got charges like DUI, pop possession, stuff like that. So I told them, I was like, dude, you don't know, you do not watch NBA. I'm telling you, NBA is the most popular sport in the world. Basketball in general, anybody that's watching a game of basketball once a year or twice a year, and they see this shit and their kids are all over social media and he's a top-tier talent like that, then you would understand that this suspension's worth it. I was saying to him, what if Messi or Ronaldo or Mbappe or Hernandez or um, Suarez were in a position like that early in their career? What would you think about that? Oh, well, you know, then the league and... The organization, I'm like, exactly, you just fumbled in your own bag. Shut up, let's go drink and finish this fucking beer pong tournament. Like, that's literally, that's literally what I said, and we kept it moving. But, yeah, that's my final thought on that. Um, we just have to wait and see if um, Jaw can actually hold be accountable. Yeah, and then before we move on to the last segment, I, I just wanted to highlight a few things. So, I, definitely there should be some blame put on the NBA for the, the handling of the first suspension. You know, obviously eight games was not enough. And I remember seeing he went to some rehab facility, yeah. like for a few days. And anyone who knows anything about rehab, you got to go there for a month or a minimum a month or even longer. Because there was all this talk. He had like a drinking issue. I'm not so sure if that was, you know, true or not. But um, and obviously they, he couldn't go to 30 day rehab some of the playoffs. So I understand that. But they are responsible uh, for this as well. Yes, Jaw made his decision, but they obviously it didn't get through to him, whatever that conversation Adam Silver had um, with him. And Adam Silver is the type of guy, like a player's commish, so I could totally see where the confusion goes. And then lastly, I want to point out, so to the people that question the, the suspension, you go on your IG Live right now, and you, you pull out a gun or whatever. Obviously, Canada is a little more strict on that, but... You you go post that and yeah I know I know some guys who like post their stuff and whatnot like that's totally legal and whatnot but I mean like flaunting your gun in like the mirror uh, in your home or whatever bringing it out to the club and whatnot and like flaunting it you go do that and see how your employers so that that's my last thing because and I like I like what Vizi said like like his boss's boss's boss like that that would be like the CEO of the bank exactly getting mad at VZ for something like there, there's no scenario where you keep your job yeah <laughs> you know it's like but there's certain things that he can't do and this was one of those things yeah like imagine LeBron did that during his career yeah like he was already getting crucified as it was in the media imagine if he did that and that's the one thing in LeBron's career he has had no blemishes of that of that sort but uh, but yeah that wraps up our Ja Morant segment. Uh, hopefully, we won't have to talk about any more incidences ever yes. again. I mean, I I pray. You know, obviously, hopes go out to Ja to you know get better and get the help he needs, get the actual the real role models he needs in his life. 
because obviously whatever he was doing before was not working. Because, yeah, like as you said, like he brings people into the league that haven't been watching in the years, and that's a fact. Like his rookie year, the Warriors series, the on-court chirping, like, you know, you can get on that, but his play backs it up, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. That Lakers series, although like they were undermanned and he was clearly his hand was definitely injured. So we'll see what happens going to next year. But I do like the addition of Marcus Smart, who not only is, you know, obviously all defensive talent, but, you know, he's a vocal, a vocal guy. He's that Tony Allen for that team. Exactly. He is Tony Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we end this podcast off, we're going to move on to the newly announced in-season tournament, the NBA Cup. Uh, So, yeah, this was just announced essentially at the draft. Um, So... Basically, similar to how, uh, if you guys follow who are listening, European soccer, a lot of my friends who do listen do, but similar to like in England, the FA Cup, you know, the, the English Cup in Spain, Spain, Spanish Cup, in Italian Cup. And, you know, if you follow soccer and watch it week by week, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll play their league games on the weekends. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they either have, you know, cup games or and this is kind of where the league is going. And so it's called the NBA Cup. Essentially, it will tip off November 3rd and then end on December 9th. So the first month, uh, essentially on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they will be classified as tournament games. But like the record still goes to your regular season record. So if you, you, know, you lose a tournament game, you still have a loss on the regular season record. And essentially, teams will play each other twice. And then I think, yes, yeah, the top two teams from each uh, division move on. Um, I'll just highlight the divisions uh, before we get into it. Uh, so the West A division, we got the Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Jazz, and Trailblazers. Uh, the West B, we got the Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavs, and Rockets. In the C division, we got the Kings, Warriors, Timberwolves, Thunder, and Spurs. And then the East, in the A division, we got the 76ers, Cavaliers, Hawks, Pacers, and Pistons. In the B division, we got the Bucks, Knicks, Heat, Warriors, or Wizards, and Hornets. And then lastly, in the EC division, we got the Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Bulls, and Magic. And so once the first month goes by, which will end on um, November 28th, essentially the top eight teams, I guess you'd say, yeah, two teams from each division will play what's called a knockout round which will essentially be like a March Madness bracket, which I am actually, I'm kind of stoked for that. Me too. And then the final four goes to Vegas in uh, December for the semifinals and championship. So overall, I do like the idea of, and it's going to bring more viewers to the games as these Tuesdays and Thursdays games in November are going to be important. But at the end of the day, I do have to point this out that this is just for revenue. Sure, down the line, as I mentioned with the European teams, Teams that win the FA Cup and they win the league championship or even the Champions League, that's, it's a legacy thing. And, you know, for those who follow soccer, like it's hard to win those tournaments and focus on winning the league. It is, is very hard. It hasn't been done. It has been done, you know, many times, but in terms of like winning like the triple threat, this will just be, you know, the NBA Cup and then the NBA Championship. Who knows, maybe 10, 20 years down the line when this is, you know, maybe they've made some edits to it. We'll see how the first few years go. It'll be looked at potentially as addition to legacy as, I mean, I don't know if winning the NBA Cup and not winning any championships will count as much. It should help, you know, your legacy out wise. 
I don't know about getting players to the Hall of Fame. I don't think that should be a deciding factor, but it is interesting, and there is um, incentive pool um, that the teams are competing for. For I don't know what the actual it doesn't say on here, but I imagine in the millions um, that they'll be winning. And um, yeah, it'll it'll bring you know revenue to some of these lower teams, which you know be good. Um, a lot of these teams, the lower end teams, like they struggle for TV revenue. Um, so I do like what it adds to that, and then also teams like shocker teams to make it in and upsets and whatnot, especially in a one game format. Yeah, I, I like to see what happens. Um, but back to what I said about the profit thing, this is strictly um, a profit thing in terms of how much more money can we make out of the league. And yes, this was always coming. I'm sorry, has been talking about it for a while. And then, you know, it's happened now. So I do like what it could do for the league in terms of bringing more fans in, casual. Um, and then also like ticket sales. That's another big thing I did not mention. These Tuesday, Thursday games, you know, you got a big team coming into town and it's a playoff game. You win, you're in. Like those are, you know, some big games to go to for fans. But the ticket sales will go up. Like that, that that's a fact. I should say that too, um, especially for those games. But um, these, I'm going to pass it to you first. So what is your overall thought on this in-season tournament NBA Cup? Honestly, as a guy that watches, um, you know, European soccer um, in general, this is fun. It, it's literally you're gonna get like you're gonna get like the NBA hardcore guys like yo like what are you doing NBA Cup is on let's go link up like you know what I mean and money but the main thing I'm looking outside of it is the gambling think about how much money like these high stake professional gamblers that bet on NBA or sports in general this is their opportunity to fucking go in like 100 NBA is easy to bet on. I ain't going to front. I bet on NBA teams, on NBA games. Like, oh, like, well, Jokic and his started triple-double within the third quarter. Like, bullshit like that. But professional, like, gambles I'm talking about in, like, in Vegas and stuff. This just, this is some different level shit on the money side. But in terms of the whole formatting, I love it. It's literally, like, the bracket setup to March Madness. Like, literally, like, I love this idea. Uh, a lot of, I don't know, but, like, I saw on Twitter a couple people are going to be like, well, this is going to increase the chance of, like, players getting injured, all that stuff. But then I'm like, all right, well, then fucking go deal with it. Go suck it up. And this is, I think this is also a chance to reduce the load management. As you say, uh, Noah, the Clippers is not going to give a shit. I really don't think if the Spurs, the Spurs are not going to give a shit about this. Definitely not. But maybe they will. Victor in here and they, they want some, they want to prove the young bucks that the young bucks on that team are about that. But certain teams, they won't care. But for individual accolades, that, that could be something. Or it's a chance for a young playoff caliber team a la the Nets. Uh, the Grizzlies, for example, to show off, like, you know, get that momentum kicked in. I think it's a mental game at this point. You win, if like, whoever, let's say if the Grizzlies end up winning the NBA Cup, it gives them, like, you know, a chip on their shoulder as motivation. That's one thing. And the final thing I would like to say is just, like, it's just, like, it gives opportunity for players to, like, generate jersey sales, number one, and number two, shine. 
we all know, we all know the Jokic, the Quads, the Giannis, the Embiid, the Hardens, the Kyries, the PGs, the Butlers. You already know about. We all know about them. But who's gonna be like the next Mikel Bridges? Who's like that's gonna like okay, like this guy was a third option on a team, but then you know these two guys are struggling. It gives them, it gives like an opportunity for a player to shine and see what they're about. You know what I mean? Like, I remember this. I think this was back in maybe 20, 2013. This is the Pacers and Heat thing. That's like, that's when Paul George kind of broke out, right? The Birdman dunk. Um, him head to head with Braun, like prime LeBron. Like, I'm talking about the best LeBron we've ever seen. Head to head with him. Those mo I'm looking forward towards those moments. You know what I mean? Let's say it's going to be a guy like, Who's an OG point guard that's like trying to think? Oh, Kyrie, Kyrie. Yeah, sorry. Let's say if Kyrie, Tyrese go head to head. You know what I mean? That's going to be like the matchup. So it's going to be focusing on a lot of matchups. Like, okay, the upcoming young buck, Tyrese versus um, Kyrie, or like Paul George versus, um, I don't know, Desmond Bain or fucking, I don't know, some other guy that's coming up that's a, that's a forward. You know what I mean? It just creates that extra like itch of competitive competitiveness there. So, or like a perfect version, Kawhi Leonard versus Macaw Bridges. You know what I mean? Those like those who's gonna dethrone who in that type of uh, role or that type of player. So I'm excited, man. It's it's gonna be dope, and there's gonna be a lot of coverage on this for sure. All right, and then issue. What are your thoughts on this new tournament? Okay, yeah, uh, I just think uh, that this tournament is gonna, you know, obviously generate more revenue, uh, more jersey sales. But I also think that for certain teams, this is gonna um, give NBA fans more things to talk about in the conversation of who's the best player, especially with you know single players and accolades. Be it's gonna be an argument of who um, who won as many you know NBA cups as this. So I think it's really just gonna add another element to it, and real, real basketball fans are gonna enjoy that aspect of the um, NBA World Cup. It gives us more um, interest in basketball, and I feel like it puts more stakes on the table during the middle of the season, when you know sometimes the middle of the season can, it could, be, it could drag for certain teams. So I feel like those, those bottom of the barrel teams and those middle class teams, they can show us something different um, in the middle of the season. So it puts the stakes up, um, up there for them. Awesome. And then, yeah, before we end this podcast off, I should point out that it's not the top two teams that move on. First in each bra- or each division moves on. Yeah, who knows what happens. Um, we'll definitely do a preview for the NBA season in, uh, yeah, about two months from now, giving our predictions just like last year. And yeah, we'll do some more podcasts throughout the year, some fantasy talk as well um, before the year, some previews, fantasy expectations and whatnot. But um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Pleasure bringing you guys another NBA podcast on the Small Podcast. But um, before we end this off, VZ, thank you so much for coming on once again. Any last thoughts from you? Yeah, no, um, always a pleasure with you guys. I'm glad we were able to figure a timeout for all of us. Obviously, I dealt with my shit um, over the last uh, almost a week. Um, so I appreciate you guys uh, being accommodating and um Finally, we got a day to like talk about this. Yeah, no, just to end things off, one last word of gem, whoever's listening, 
geez, like there's a lot of quotes in my head. I'm just trying to pinpoint one that can definitely target anybody in general. Just go and take advantage of every opportunity you get. Do not hesitate on trying something new. Do not be stuck in a horrible situation if it feels like you're living in a fantasy or not. Everybody will eventually go through something like that. All I can say is life is too short. Go try new things out. Even if you're scared of it, chances are you probably will be fucking scared for a second. But at least you get that off your checklist that you did something out of the ordinary or different. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you guys for having me. I'm looking forward on coming back here again, whether it's a discography review or more NBA or anything else. Yeah, you guys want to touch base on. I'm always happy to jump on. Awesome, man. Yeah, we definitely appreciate you coming on. And yes, we'll have you on soon for a discography review. Not going to reveal the name just yet. Uh, we'll reveal it when we post the episode uh, for sure. Uh, but super stoked for that. Uh, but issue any last thoughts for you uh, on the basketball podcast? And then, yeah, any thoughts on your new EP as well? Thank you to everyone who's been tuning in on the Savant Podcast. Shout out to VZ for being able to come back and join us and talk basketball. And it's like things never change. Like once once we get on these episodes, man, we flow into things pretty naturally. So I'm pretty happy about that. And shout out to everybody who's supporting the EP um, and new music coming soon and new podcast episodes coming soon as well. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Talk to you soon.